So anyway, that's why they call me Lady Marmalade. Hello everybody and welcome to Podquisition episode 155. I know that because Laura said it before we recorded. And that's the only time I ever say what episode title it is. Hello Laura, how are you today? I'm 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 alright. I have been dying for like the last five days, but I'm I'm just about alive still. Hello. Hello. My raspy voice. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today, although you have been basically a skeleton, you're that nearly dead. Uh, it's, I thought, it's I thought you were just time. like practicing your Britney Spears um, kind of uh, vocal fry there for a second. I still believe, still believe. <laughs> is, is that better? <laughs> yeah, that other voice I'm... you're hearing um, with those dulcet tones is Gavin. Hello, Gavin. Christina Aguilera. Is he's just talking about pop sensations from? Yeah. Well, you 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 brought up Lady Marmalade in my mind. The Millennium Age. You know that well, song yeah. actually. There's mm-hmm. like the first half of it where the other three are singing, and then Christina comes in and just completely destroys the other three and blows them away. She's it got them reminds chops. me of that bit in. Um, do you know? Can you feel it by the Jacksons? It's like halfway through that song, Michael comes in and the song completely changes and goes up a notch. It's it's a moment like that. Welcome to Gavin's Music Podcast episode. <laughs> what episode are we on, Laura? It might be about four uh, or five. Uh, ep- ep- the, the episode times. zero, because we, we'll do one one day. <laughs> one day we will do an entire podcast that is just us talking about music. And I, if it, we do that, I will be talking about the the Spice World soundtrack because I listened to yes. that for a bit today and it's fantastic. And shake it to the I left. Will, yeah, I, I will force you all to listen to to me talk about that for a bit. That that was a pop uh, band with some darn good songs. That was. If if you want to be my lover, you're gonna to have to get with my friends. Yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, one of the very first times that a modern pop song addressed polyamory. So, good on the Spice Girls for that. For for p- pushing progressive relationship ideas. Exactly. Didn't they also have a song that referred to like putting on a condom, or at least everyone uh, said it was. I'm I think that was their. Yeah, that was their. Uh, it wasn't as popular the as their girls others. Promoting responsible sex. The number three hit put on a condom. <laughs> um, no, they actually did have some good tunes. Uh, I was I, a couple months back. I watched uh, when they had their reunion a little while ago, and yeah. I was like, you know what? The yeah, the songs were all right. Who do you think you are? Was a fantastic song. Oh, I remember it that was one. A good song, wasn't it? Is that uh, the one that got spoofed at Comic Relief where they had the, what, the sugar lumps they were called? And it was like Dawn <laughs> French and Jennifer Saunders were two of them. And uh, two other comedians were uh, the other two. Um, but yeah, that was that was a thing. I'm, I'm now just looking through like a list of the best-selling Spice Girls songs and I'm like, oh, these, these are some good songs. I miss Spice Up Your Life. That was a yeah, good song. That was a great song. To very catchy one. that to one. To become one is very good. To become one is the one I was talking about, the one about putting on a Johnny. Yeah, to become one, there is a section that I'm pretty sure talks about putting on a, a condom. Lean a little bit closer, baby. Put it on, put it on. <laughs> uh, the Spice Girls were great. I miss them. Yeah. We need a little bit more cheese in our British music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really think that. 
ultimately this podcast should just pivot based on market research and focus groups we should pivot it to just be about sort of turn of the millennium uk pop culture yeah yeah speaking of which god i can't believe that barry evans died on eastenders what is that evil janine gonna do next I feel like I should know something about this particular piece of British pop culture, but we we're going I have no into EastEnders EastEnders <laughs> deep cuts here. Storylines from EastEnders that no one should care about. Too depressing for me. I, I if I had to watch one, it would probably be Kari. I liked the one episode they did where they were sent into Guam to <laughs> rescue a, a kidnapped hot. They rescue Pat Butcher. And it was called the East Expendables. And there was a lot of violence in that one. A lot of guns, a lot of blood, which for a show at uh, 8pm, because it was a Monday, uh, 8pm, it was considered a bit too much before the watershed. Um, well, Car- Watchdog Street got a lot of pretty complaints much, that like, week. turn into CSI there for a while. There was a murder every second, every second week in it. Yeah, there's been a lot of murders. A lot of, mer- I mean, I haven't watched There's EastEnders or Corrie. There's something in the Corrie. fucking booze in that in the Rovers, man, that turns people into psychopathic like serial killers. Mm, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's believe- a front for Umbrella Corps. I, I basically never watched it again after they killed Tina off. Tina was like my favorite. She was so hot, and then they killed her. I was like, fuck this show. I'm never watching it again. It's a good reason to drop all of those gripping storylines. Yeah, um, give me back my Michelle Keegan. Well, there we go. That free, forget about Free Deirdre. She's out of prison now. Resurrect, Resurrect whatever character that Keegan. is because I've not watched it in like a decade. <laughs> Introduce necromancy to soap. I mean, they already did. I mean, if you can bring Dirty Den back, you can bring anyone back. Oh, you don't know who Michelle Keegan Oh, Michelle Keegan's my favourite. Michelle she's Keegan, my, yeah, this is this may be she's before my favourite my... uh, pretty lady celebrity. Michelle Keegan. Uh, if you've just joined us, it's the Googling Celebrities Hour. Yeah. Um, with who wants, who wants to talk about some Westlife? Games. <laughs> oh, shoot, yeah, let's get on the Westlife. We had uh, someone at my uh, college, when I went to college, uh, someone in our class claimed that her cousin was in Westlife. She was lying. I, I started claiming I was related to the Chuckle Brothers in protest. And one friend laughed, and that is. Was it? Was it true? Were you, were no. you indeed one of the, the the secret relatives of the Chuckles? No, no. But but I kept dropping plot oh. plot spoilers for upcoming episodes of Ch- Ch- Chuckle Vision, Ch- Chuckle Vision, uh, Ch- Ch- Chuckle uh, Vision. In the in in, in the next episode, uh, Barry's going to get hit over the head with the ladder when there is a misunderstanding about whether it's to me or to you. Oh God, yeah. I bet one of them does say to me, and the other one does say to you, and there there yeah. will be slapstick hijinks. I said uh. slapstick. Which, I mean, at this point, probably best describes Chuckle Vision. I imagine it's still going, and it's very sad to see. I mean, even sadder than it was when I was a child. And I think even as a child, you watch Chuckle Vision, and you- this is in- going to be impenetrable to most of the listeners. To anyone Almost everything we talked of, like, about. People who were watching British TV in the 90s, otherwise, yeah... 
Okay, the Chuckle Brothers were two bumbling brothers in a live-action children TV show who were just very bumbling and were brothers, and their catchphrase was, to me, to you, and I still, to this day, don't think it makes much sense. Yeah. Think Laurel and Hardy, but... But shit. Watered down to the point of, like, extremely milky cold porridge. Uh, We've been doing this for eight minutes. Should we talk about some video games? I think the time has come to... Well, not not for me to close my search, my Google image searches... Laura's sake, I'm I'm unbelievably sleepy. I only got two hours sleep. What's your excuse, Jim, for being so unfocused today? <laughs> uh, actually, migraine. Uh, I'm I'm, oh, I'm on migraine detail. Um, last night oh, I right. was. I don't. Since I gave up the old caffeine, I don't get them like I used to. I used to get them like once yeah. a week, really bad. Now it's yeah. like a couple times a year I'm gonna get one, and this one is not the worst one I've had or could have. So I'm not too bad it was mostly last night so right now i've just got a residual bastard behind my right eye and i'm also pretty busy i've I've already cranked out two videos and it's not even lunchtime and wrote the gymquisition for monday already because of something someone from blizzard said so that's my excuse i will close (laughs) this michelle keegan uh tab now because that's fine she's very beautiful and such a talent and i'm gonna try and pivot us to video games within 10 minutes so all right sorry listeners we as as you just heard we all have our various reasons we're not so on the ball today video games video games me and jim both played sonic forces there you go just about within 10 minutes we got you there listener sonic heroes i love how much i hate (laughs) honestly i love how much i hate the soundtrack in modern sonic games um like, I kind of detest Crush 40 and everything they do. But sort of like the Spice Girls, I've got to admit it's catchy and likeable. And there's something cringely affable about the music everything when you're they do playing feels, through it. feels so sincerely angsty. Like, it yeah, feels like yeah. they believe in the angst. They're like a remnant from the 80s. To me, the 80s was the last time something could be sincere. After that, everything became ironic. And you couldn't have, like, serious action films anymore. It always had to be knowing... Everything always has to know it's shit. In the 80s, things didn't have to know it was shit. Things could just be shit. And earnest and sincere in a way that turned them into lovable classics. And, you know, I think one of the the few modern examples of that would be The Room. Um, But the 80s was was just a magical time for that. And then everything got cynical. But Crush 40 is still there being authentic. There's no sarcasm when you're playing Sonic Forces and you start hearing things like, you know, Me and my friend together fighting the battles. And it's like, he's not embarrassed to be singing this. And he's not doing it with his tongue in his cheek. And he's not... He's not even subtly trying to subvert Uh. it with the lyrics. This guy believes that friendship and togetherness will face the battle and fight the victory. Here's the thing. Is which, your... which his friend in the audience proved. Oh, uh, yes. that was a good time. Uh, your, your summary of uh, Crush 40 there kind of sums up my whole feeling about Sonic Forces because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and summarize my thoughts on this game as quickly as I can. Um, 
Sonic Forces is not a good game, but it's so sincere in its not goodness <laughs> that I kind of can't hate it because it just feels made of of love even though it's shit and it's it's so bad that it does circle kind of background <laughs> to enjoyable in a kind of shit way. People people think I'm trolling. Um, I mean, obviously, I've got a bit of a history with the Sonic fan base and my opinions of Sonic games. My opinions of Sonic games have often gone against what... Like, I don't know what Sonic games I'm supposed to hate and what Sonic games I'm supposed to love. There are rules. I know there are rules. I just don't know what the rules are. And I'm always trespassing them. So I end up really liking the Sonic games that, that, you know, the fan base hates and vice versa. And so I didn't like Sonic Sonic Colors at all. Uh, and someone yesterday said, if you like this game and while you hated Sonic Colors, I'm going to laugh really hard. And I hope that they chuckled themselves pink because I quite like this one. I thought Sonic Forces was all right. Like, in terms of 3D modern, modern Sonics and their propensity for pissing me the fuck off with their jacked-up physics and their awful platforming segments that make no sense, they kept that to such a bare minimum. There's only, like, one or two levels that I would classify as Sonic bullshit. Uh, as I said in my Jim Impressions video, uh, there's normally something with the screwy, slippery, slidey physics... Uh, and the way that certain levels are designed without them in mind that create a very special, unique element called Sonic bullshit. And there's only one level that really springs to mind as being egregious with it. There is a 2D platforming level, but it's not with uh, 2D Classic Sonic that has a different set of physics. It's with your fasona, your Sonic original character, uh, Do Not we'll, Steal. We'll get to original yeah. characters, Do Not Steal, and yeah. They share the physics with modern Sonic, which is very slippery and slidey, and when you jump, you can't really control yourself because the momentum just slingshots you. And they decided to do a 2D level with that gameplay, with that control, and it's fucking dreadful. Really you see, that's, awful. See, that's what that guy's vocal participation was. It was a metaphor for that jumping system. <laughs> Slippy, <laughs> yeah. slidey, a little bit totally out of control. Totally out of control. <laughs> Just <laughs> propelled by <laughs> sheer instinct. Um, but it drives me up the wall that they don't change the physics between two very different styles of gameplay. It's yeah. such a... It, it's such an oversight, and they make it every game. But in here, it's a, it's very much to a minimum. Here's like my general thoughts on the mechanics stuff. Like I, I don't find this game reliably enjoyable to play mechanically. Um, I think the levels where you're running sort of uh, behind Sonic or whoever's back, running down a straight track. I don't like how those are designed because I always feel like I'm not really seeing enough information to make informed choices about what I'm doing. Yeah. And I feel like Plus there's very little a lot of variation. There. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of automation and there's not a lot of making decisions that feel gameplay relevant. Mm. Uh, the side-scrolling stuff is, for the most part, okay, but doesn't feel as tightly, tightly designed as, say, Sonic Mania did. Oh, well, no, no, this what is game? no Sonic yeah. Mania. And what mechanically, I don't enjoy playing as the Fasona character because the sort of increased focus on here's a weapon, stop and attack things just doesn't feel fun to me. 
Um, But putting those aspects aside, all of the terrible narrative feels (laughs) so sincere (laughs) that I can't help but love it and want to keep playing. Uh, It is pure cheesecake. (laughs) For anyone that's unaware, like this reads like some Sonic fans original character fan fiction do not steal i worked very hard on this um Mm -hmm. right at the beginning all of the sonic villains from all of the games turn up and they defeat sonic (laughs) and sonic is defeated and kidnapped and being you know beaten up and tortured in a base somewhere for months and he's gone and no one can save sonic (gasps) except the new kid on the block who is your persona your persona is here to save the day and rescue (laughs) sonic and the whole thing just feels so comically transparent that it is it is aimed at 90s kids that were like i want to be sonic's best friend and save the world and save him and save the day and then he'll be my best friend and it makes that into a story yeah and and it it should (laughs) And and it should come off like a parody of that, but it's not. They play it straight. There's no joking about it. They seriously made Sonic fan fiction into a game premise, and it and it and they didn't do it for goofs. It's such an odd thing, uh, but again, it 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 weirdly works. I, I I'm apparently the you know the reviews have bashed this and, and torn it to shreds, but. I must be one of the few game pundits out there that have have come out to say, you know what, I actually quite like this, and 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 that's it, I I actually quite like Sonic Forces. It legitimately falls into the camp for me where I don't I don't feel like it's a good game, but I am having fun with it regardless. I am having fun with a game that I think is mm-hmm. kind of intentionally sincerely bad. And that is its own merit. That that you know that there's a almost a deadly premonition factor to that, um, and I can see this game being enjoyed in that way of just the ludicrousness of it. Like that, the one moment where it's mentioned just offhand that Sonic has been kept prisoner by Doctor Eggman for months, being tortured as a prisoner of war. Oh my god! And they just and- say it offhand, and I'm like blinking, like. Fucking what? My, my favourite thing about the original characters is that there is zero emoting to their face. They just stand <laughs> there like... It's not quite a T-pose, but they essentially just walk into the room and stand T-pose straight while it's like, yes, hero who survived. Welcome to our cause. You're going to save the day we've decided for some reason. They're kind of the digital equivalent of Tobey Maguire. They just sort of wander on and only vaguely look like they're supposed to be there. They they, they could legitimately just be a JPEG of your original character in most of the cutscenes. Like most know, of the cutscenes, they could be how, a JPEG. It's amazing how bad they managed to fuck up such a golden um, simplicity of this character's main trait is they run fast and jump. I mean, yeah. that that's like a pretty difficult thing to keep fucking up over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I argued this. This was one of the, one of, not the first, but one of the first gym positions I did in the, you know, the independent era was about Sega's inability to do Sonic right. And it, it mostly seems to stem from whenever they do have a winning formula, they abandon it the very next game and do something completely different. Like, they're terrified that they haven't got something right. 
the it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and they keep fucking up because they try a new idea with every game and because they're focused on a new idea they're not getting it right yeah so they, even they when they have an idea to like iterate on something good like if they have a yeah. negative something good but are criticized rather than fix the known criticisms they throw the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly. Like, Sonic Generations was a game that showed the real potential for what a modern Sonic game could be. And then they threw that out the window for Sonic Lost World, which was deeply flawed. But there was something about its gameplay that while it was full of Sonic bullshit, the potential was there to, for a sequel, make an incredible game. There, that there blended were, there Sonic and Mario like, Galaxy type yeah, stuff. Yeah, there were hints of Mario Galaxy in that game. And it's mm-hmm. like, you fix these one or two little things and you've got like a really good game on your hands. And they're like, nope, Sonic Boom. Yeah, like I reviewed, um, I, re- I reviewed Lost World. And at the end, I begged, I begged Sega to keep, keep that. Like, just perfect this, hone this, you've got something. And then, like you say, we go on to Sonic Boom. And Sonic Forces is kind of iterating on Sonic Generations, but they spent so long with this Sonic OC with gunplay and shit that it, it, it comes off like a game... I mean, I said that in the Jim Pressions, I said it's, its best bits aren't as good as Sonic Generations' best bits, but its worst bits aren't as bad as Sonic Generations' worst bits. So you've just got a game that in all aspects is Sonic Generations but lesser. And that's not yeah. the direction we need to trend in. It needs to be Sonic Generations but better. They've got they've got to fucking focus and, and get simple. Mm. Like, if, if nothing else, this one, it feels like it was made by people that at the very least, wanted a particular thing out of it. Like, you can tell that this was people who like Sonic and wanted to make a game that they hoped would be good, I feel like. It it seems to know the people that have been most dedicated to Sonic. And... Yeah, it's like, th- yeah. there are things going on. I, I don't know. I enjoy how well, terrible I it is. It. I, I I beat it. I mean, it's 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 brief if you're just going through all the main stages. Yeah. Um, there's replay value in the fact that some of the levels, at least I find fun enough to play again, and and I did using the. Sometimes you get SOSs. There's some some sort of online connectivity between all the personas um, and everything, something like that. But you know, I, I replayed a couple levels even and and got to the end. The end boss is very. Sonic, modern Sonic end boss there. Um, but overall, I, yeah, I enjoyed it and don't quite see why it's getting so torn to shreds. Uh, I understand why I, there I, being many criticisms, uh, but I all I can say is I had more consistent fun with this than a lot of uh, modern Sonic games. I, Although it I, suffers because it followed yeah. uh, Mania, you know. I can understand why it's being criticised as heavily as it is, because mechanically there are a lot of times I don't think it's good, and the plot is nonsense and is kind of not really good on paper, and I can understand why people could play this and go, mm, this isn't a good game. Yeah. I, qu- yeah. Question I, I can for see you. It. Yeah, yeah. Mo- moving backwards about five minutes, right? 
what games do you think did 3D platforming in a, and balanced the challenge and the mechanical precision well? For me, it's been a while since I played it, but I remember the Sands of Time trilogy kind of being the best one for me, as I recall. Uh, the Sands of Time games had good... I, I don't know if I'd qualify it for platforming, because they sort of popularised this more environmental puzzling. Um, and, it, and it was more... It was more proto-parkour than uh, full-on platforming. Um, yeah. Although Apart I guess it's borderline. Some, some of the trap bits were like pretty platformy. Uh, I mean, as a recent example, uh, I know some people have complained about the camera, but I never had any personal issues with the camera. Um, Super Mario Odyssey stands out as a. I mean, a lot of games are suffering like in that in the shadow of that. If they're mm. touch, like I've been playing um, Super Lucky's Quest on the Xbox One X, because that came in and there was some games packed in to try. And that's another one in the vein of Banjo-Kazooie, the ukulele, all that. But any game of that shade, any game near mascot platforming, is suffering under the shadow of Super Mario Odyssey now that's come out. Uh, because in terms of that sort of game, I, I don't think I've seen better in a long-ass time. And that that... It's a game that, for all of its complexities, keeps it simple still. Because at its most basic, it's Mario with his magic hat going on a treasure hunt. And you're just looking for moons in, in a variety of ways. It takes a concept and then spins from that concept dozens of ideas. Rather than having lots and lots of concepts crammed into a game. God, I like I a few concepts with a lot of ideas. I really have to play this game, don't I? I would highly recommend I just, it. I wish there were like four or five more hours in each day. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm not even halfway through Assassin's Creed Origins yet, and I haven't finished Call of Duty yet. <laughs> this is, no, this is, hours we, and I haven't even yeah. downloaded the Horizon DLC. This, this is like me and Jim's full time jobs, and we can't get through it. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Again, alone. I'm I'm thrilled that I gave up on the idea of doing Do you, full reviews because I I couldn't have handled this year. Well, not with the extra work that I do now as well. I couldn't I, have you, been a games reviewer this year. Do you guys ever find sometimes, and I found this, I think it was at a certain point last year, maybe the year before, that when loads of good games come out at once, you kind of tend to fly through a couple of the good ones and they aren't as memorable to you as they probably should have been. Oh, yeah, because no. Because there was just you, so much you good shit up, at like, that time. You end up pushing through them faster than you should have done. You don't give them time yeah. to, to sort of settle in properly. There's a yeah. lot of things where it's like... Okay, I got through all the games, but I probably would have benefited from cutting one out and mm -hmm. having a little extra time. I think that's part of, of how I've been approaching it now, that there's no pressure to, to get through everything. Like, I haven't gone back to the Evil Within 2 since we last talked about it. When I last yeah, talked I've about taking a couple of days of breather. <laughs> I said, um, you know, just take a couple of days and get back to it. But then by the time I was ready, a whole bunch of other shit was, was ready to be played. <laughs> so I've not finished Origins. I've, uh, I left Evil Within 2 where it is. I made a little bit more progress in Wolfenstein 2. That's still ongoing. I finally did got you, to the point where the game stops the, um, being not fun. 
Did you get to the part of the story that you would know what the part is if you'd seen it? <laughs> I believe I have. If, if yeah. it, yes, I, mean, I believe so. It's I mean, like I say, an I got to the part. <laughs> I, I got to the point where the game was like stopped being not fun, and yeah. and, and and is now feeling how it should have felt from the start. Yeah. Uh, it did such an odd decision to make. You know, the first half of the game more difficult what it was yeah with all the vulnerability as i said of a, a call of duty um multiplayer avatar um like i i get the narrative reasons for it but there is a reason why you know you don't die from a single bullet wound in re- in video games whereas you mm. can in real life you know there is a reason why certain games will let you take cover behind wood you know, because it wouldn't be fun otherwise. Uh, there, there's reasons why characters have lives, why you know, there are health meters, why there's all this stuff. And you can go a bit too far trying to take realism and putting it into your game about Nazi robots. It, it's like, mm. give me a hundred health. Give me a hundred fucking health. Yeah. Give me a hundred fucking health and shut up. <laughs> Uh, so having finished Wolfenstein now, like my big takeaway is I really fucking like just getting to have a power fantasy where I kill Nazis. That's quite fun. Yeah. I just think it should have been that from the start. Like it was, there was no power in, in feeling in, in like I fired it up and I was like, let's shoot some Nazis. It's exactly why I turned the difficulty way down at the start because I could have done it, but I just want... That isn't what I wanted. I wanted exactly. to feel badass while I killed I ne- Nazis. I never turned the difficulty down in shooters, and I did in this one, because yeah. it was just... I want to run and gun. I don't want to hide behind the box in this yeah. game. I, I did feel eventually, more powerful than the Nazis. Yeah. I did eventually bump it down to um, the, the lower-rung normal difficulty rather than the yeah. higher-rung normal difficulty. I bumped it down to that, uh, although I only did that in the moment just before the unforgettable thing happens and then the game becomes really, you know a lot more enjoyable yeah. um so i only really enjoyed one level with the difficulty toned down and slogged my ass through the rest <laughs> of it and i and it just deflated my my excitement for some nazi killing because there was a lot more of the nazis killing me and i don't like it when nazis kill people <laughs> Indeed, that feels I, I, I wrong. Like it when Nazis somehow. are the ones that get killed by people, um, still we, we we got to kill a lot of other Nazis this week, didn't we? Yeah, what a Call of Duty World War Two's out, and both yeah. oh me my God. and Gav have played some of that. Yeah. You know what? You know the funny thing is, is I've beaten it the campaign, and. It was so forgettable that when you asked us what we were all playing this week, you've only said you and Gav played it because I didn't list it because I'd already forgotten that I played and beat it already. <laughs> so, like, you know what? I, I, I quite like it. I like I, the campaign. I didn't think it was bad by any means. Um, I had some weird quibbles with it. Um, staying spoiler-free, the ending to me felt a little... Mm. It felt like it framed World War Two as a little more about Americans than I think it really was. 
in that, that, that's Call of Duty for you. Yeah, it? <laughs> it's it's like, hey, this is a place where I would not have expected to find Americans and Americans to be the center of this place. I've ended up, but apparently they were, yeah. according to Call of Duty. But it was a fun set piece campaign. Like I, yeah. I had a lot of fun running through and shooting the, Nazis. The Paris mission was cool. I like that. Yeah, there, there was well, some the good first visual was, set pieces. Was... <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know why I liked it. It gave me this kind of warm, fuzzy feeling, like it reminded me of playing Call of Duty Three back in the day, but with like amazing modern production values behind yeah. it. Like, I like, I like, I like that you use health packs instead of regenerating health and mm. things like that. But I, you know, it's it's nothing amazing, but yeah. it's a good old romp. It's one of those things, like, I'm not going to be looking back at this a few months from now being like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. I need to go back and yeah. play that. But yeah. I didn't feel like I wasted any of my time or, like, the game's campaign wasted any of mine. It was just... I agree. Here yeah. is a short burst of, this is some fun set pieces, shooting stuff. There yeah. you go, it's done. And something I think Call of Duty never gets credit for... Um not particularly emotionally affecting, but good lord, those cutscenes are beautifully animated. In the last few years, they've had incredible looking cutscenes. And I know they've the huge budget, but still, credit where it's yeah, due. It's, it, it, it's nothing that's going to set the world on fire. It's just... Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't bother with the multiplayer because at this point, I'm pretty sure Call of Duty multiplayer violates the Geneva Convention. <laughs> uh, there, there were just too many games. I was like, okay, I played the single player campaign. I, I feel like I've seen enough of this. And I, I played on. a match. I played a match and was like, yeah, that's Call of Duty multiplayer. I'm apparently yeah, they're at, there they are. are adding weapons to the loot boxes. So. Of course they are. Of course they're going to. Yeah. They're fucking who, Activision. Who There's no way. Who doesn't want to get loot boxes on Normandy Beach? Hooray. Yeah. Activision yeah, uh, it's, Blizzard, it, to give it its full name. Activ-Liz. We We were watching Band of Brothers last night and it was the episode where they're out in the snow and they're like encircled. And um, there's one point of the show where there's a supply drop happening. And I just <laughs> was watching that supply drop and the historical significance of those things. And I was thinking, oh, Activision. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really, when you look at the actual context, it can be seen as pretty fucking tasteless, even outside of the predatory nature of these glorified gambling systems anyway. Um, dropping loot boxes onto Normandy Beach so that everyone can gather around and watch you. It's uh, a, a fan um, who chose to remain anonymous sent me an email. <clears throat> sorry, um, sent me an email um, cl- uh, suggesting we call it digital dogging uh, uh. or digidogging, <laughs> as I've shortened it. As 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 people all gather around and watch you pull your box open and show off the goods. Um, I added that bit myself. That, that's a little taster of Monday's Jimquisition. Um, I'm sorry that it's going to be about loot boxes again on Monday. I know some people really get sick of some of the recurring topics on the show, but I was going to give some more space between the next time I talked about loot boxes on the Jimquisition, but then someone from Act 
Activision Blizzard opened their mouth. So I decided to push it forward. And so we'll be talking about the year of the loot box on Monday. And uh, what are we talking about? If, oh, well, yeah. If they, if they stopped doing loot boxes in lots of games, you wouldn't have to talk. It's like That's when people exactly. complain that I make too many Witcher songs. Like, well, if The Witcher would stop being so fucking awesome, I wouldn't have to make <laughs> songs all the time. Don't shoot the messenger, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, back to World War Two. It's uh, the game called World War Two. Mm. Um, which it's all right. Not not the real World War Two, which featured less loot boxes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I found it very forgettable. Uh, but this might come from the fact that I did have to play through every other Call of Duty so thoroughly yeah. and was so relieved I didn't have to this year. Well, um, but I'll tell I just, you one thing. Yeah. It was a lot more enjoyable to me than the last two campaigns, which I don't think I even finished. I got so bored of them. Ah, I would have... I would agree with you on the campaign that was before. I was I, I forget Ops the names 3, now. It was yeah, just Black Ops Three. I thought was horrendous. dire. Infinity, Infinite Warfare. I think was last year's one. That one I quite liked. Campaign really, I, I, I liked it, it for up. like a while, and then I just found it got really boring. I I liked right. Infinite Warfare, but I don't know how much of that is just down to the fact that I really like space as space, a setting yeah. and that that was enough for me to be like yeah space gun they had they had space why and they the had kit harrington why doesn't destiny have space battles why why can't i take my ship in destiny and go do space battles bungie you did this in every you Halo gotta save game. something for destiny 3 yeah <laughs> i mean not to be a cynic or an expansion even i don't know like why is that yeah. not a thing in destiny well it's not <laughs> Um, but yeah, the World War Two is. It was, I don't know. Like they've been trying to up the ante with their campaigns and their gimmicks and everything for so long that to then just go back to basics, it didn't work the way Battlefield One worked, where that was a genuinely fresh premise and felt fresh at the time. This feels like. Rather than, oh, we're going to go back to a, an old premise, it was, we're going to go back to old COD, which, after so much COD, it's too much COD. The COD smells rotten now, and their zombies mode similarly was... I mean, it was better than Infinite Warfare's, which was just a mess. But again, it was like, oh, this is Call of Duty Zombies now? It's so characterless and bland. I never like, even with David Tennant in it, it's so featureless. It, it, I just it find just horde, didn't feel horde mode stuff like that just very... Um, I never feel like it brings me anywhere. I never feel like I'm achieving anything or uh, getting I anywhere. love a good I horde mode. I find it I, stressful. I'm, I'm a big fan of horde mode stuff. I've, I've always liked it. And there are certain zombie modes in these Call of Duties that I've liked, but this one, I don't know, there was just... It was lacking charisma. And that's something that have made the good zombie modes as good as they've been, is they've been over the top, uh, almost garish. And this is only a little bit garish and just near the top. Doesn't go over it. It doesn't do Sylvester Stallone in that movie about arm wrestling, which is a compelling film. Yeah. yeah. It's but right. I liked I, I liked Forces liked, more actually. than Call of Duty World War Two. I, I like the level where you rescued the little German girl from the church. 
Yeah, there were some. Yeah. There were definitely some good moments in it. This uh, in this one, yeah. but like it or overall the office, wasn't. It was not a church. Yeah. O- overall, it wasn't particularly exciting or like didn't feel like it was doing anything too new, but it was good at the thing it did. I think. Um, I mean, all all I'll say again is I forgot I played it until you just reminded yeah, me that, I played it. Yeah, that does say a lot, and I'm not Can- terribly surprised by it. Can I quickly mention a little expansion on um, Assassin's Creed Origins from last week? Go right ahead. I, oh, I, please. I played a lot more of that this week and just wow. This is like, it, it's safe to say now it's my favorite one since Brotherhood. Like they did a fucking fantastic job with this. And like for me, it's always been a different thing with Assassin's Creed than most people. I just love exploring the worlds. And holy shit, is Egypt not, like, the most amazingly detailed, fantastic world they've ever built? It's just incredible. I just spent, like, about four hours one day just wandering around the countryside, looking at things and taking pictures. And just everywhere you go has a different kind of feel as well and a different kind of character to it. And I just, it's fucking fantastic. That is one of the things that made me more drawn to this Assassin's Creed than other Assassin's Creed's. Uh, was the fact that, like you say, there's a variety in location. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's all the same place. And it's it's just a very easy game to get lost in, in a good yeah. way. You can just... Like, I had plenty of fun doing nothing that was gaining any, any story progression or anything. Yeah. Just hunting. Just going around hunting for stuff. Yeah. Um, like animals and, and getting into fight, like picking fights with hippos and things. Yeah. Um, like do just do just fucking about was plenty fun, and that impresses and me. Like I've a, always been cynical about these games. There's a surprising um, scope for emergent stuff in the game as well. Like when when you assassinate a certain number of guys, these really like difficult high level enemies start hunting you around the maps. Oh yeah, the fight, the, the, the phyla- phylax or, or whatever. Something like that, yeah. And I, I was like clearing out a fort and got ambushed by one of them. So I was like doing a Benny Hill chase, like trying to kill all <laughs> the other guys while like trying to set my arrows on fire to get this guy. And it was just epic. And it went on for about like 10 minutes, this epic battle with this high level dude. And it felt, I've never had such a challenging fight in an Assassin's Creed game it- before. It shows where Ubisoft Montreal's been taking notes because yeah. to me, Assassin's oh, Creed Origins ha- is very much I hate a game to there. say it, but like it was obvious who they were influenced by there with those yes. guys. <laughs> yeah, they uh, yeah, they took the Nemesis system basically, but made um, set oh, I, in stone characters about. I I was gonna say FromSoft with the the. Basically. Oh, some of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like the combat is um, clearly of a Zelda-ish. Uh, slash Dark Souls ish bent. Mm. Uh, uh, they're relevant to. Of... more like Bloodborne. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I, you know, when I say Souls, I should, I really should yeah. say Soulsborne. Um, there's the some of that. The scheme is basically Bloodborne. Like you've got your fast dodge, and then you've your R one and R two with light and heavy attack stuff. With an emphasis on locking on and and sort yeah. of staying focused and watching. Yeah for attacks from the ones you're not locked on uh they don't do it as well of course no uh but but at the same time they don't have a stamina meter or any of the the sort of tactical need so you can't just sort of play it a little more hack and slash it's much more Um, arcadey like yeah 
but but this is definitely a game where they've they've taken some time to research a lot of other open world games, including some of their own. I mean, there's plenty of Far Cry in here as well. Um, some Far Cry, some Shadow of War, some or Shadow of Mordor. Some, I, I, I don't Sonsborn. know about, about you, but I haven't got bored of clearing camps yet, which is strange because I was generally even in Horizon, I got a little tired of clearing out camps. But uh, there's just so many ways you can do it in this. You can like, yeah, poison yeah. them. You can do stealth. You can just set them all on fire. You can throw bombs at them. There's just I'm at it, a point where I'm a little bit weary of it, but yeah. I, my tolerance for it lasted longer. Yeah. And you're right. There's a lot more variety, and and I think they take they take a few cues from Horizon Zero Dawn as well. Although that might have been a little too late, but yeah. they've certainly taken heed of how you can do the radio tower thing and you can yeah. do some of the repetitive busy work thing with a, can, more variety than just do the same thing over and over and over again. And you can build into the three skill trees without gimping your your character as well. You can pick and choose what you want to do because the the combat never gets to a point where it's impossible if you've put the points into the wrong area, which, mm-hmm. is, which is cool. So I'm, I'm really impressed. Well done, Ubisoft. I, this is, I like this so much more than the last few. Like, yeah. it's nice. Your game's me. still lousy with microtransactions, though, you fucking hacks. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But, uh, yeah, and I, I, was, I think it was Andy Kelly was pointing it out. Andy Kelly from PC Gamer on mm. Twitter. He was... He'd taken a bunch of pictures of just some stuff he stumbled across on the game, like people doing the mummification process, and they actually seem to have researched exactly how it's done, like extracting materials from God knows what kind of hot springs, and then they had the gods of of death watching over but, them, just statues placed over. Like they really. Are- there is some ridiculous uh, there is ridiculous attention to detail and my favorite example of this is um after the game released like this week it was discovered that under one of the big pyramids of Giza <laughs> oh, yeah. there was this like huge underground you know set of rooms that had never been you know discovered before and some <laughs> games journalists were like oh we're going to have to patch Assassin's Creed now and the Assassin's Creed people were like no, it's already in there. Like, we read yeah. up on the theory that this was a thing, and we quite like the theory, so we've already put the... Like, those rooms were already in there because we were pretty sure they existed. I and haven't that was even a been funny to those yet. Story. I'm, I'm like, I was like, I keep seeing them in the distance. I'm, I save that as a treat now later <laughs> yeah. when I'm bored of doing camps. I, I have found some interesting things when scooting around in photo mode. Um, my favourite is that there is a brothel that you can stand in the right position and look through a window in photo mode and it's like, oh, oh there's some naked people. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheeky. Oh, uh, you the, the naked people do not people move. The but they are, they, well. Yeah. <laughs> the naked people in the orgy do not move, but they are naked models that sounds happen while they're present. That's a thing you can <laughs> <Yeah>. see. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alexandra is just fucking stunning as well. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. The architecture. Every, everything in that game is pretty beautiful. Mm. Um, mm. I think the only other thing for like stuff we've played this week is me and Jim have both had a chance to mess around with the Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. how, are, how are you getting on with that, Jim? My main I, I, struggle is working out how the hell I cover that because i don't really do hardware and and i think i'm just going to do it badly on purpose you know i the what sums up that console for me is the only article i've seen about it praising it was that it runs fallout 3 on the pc settings 
<laughs> so, that that kind of says it all. Console it? gaming has come a long I, way. I I can sum up my feelings on that game pretty succinct, uh, on that console pretty succinctly. It is definitely a powerful console. If you've got a 4K um, HDR TV, 4K Blu-rays look fantastic on it. And while games do look better on on this than the standard Xbox One. There's nothing that I am desperate to play on this. And I feel like this is the big mm. problem that Microsoft has, is you, you launched a new piece of hardware without any real killer app that makes me go, yes, this new game that I have not yet played, I definitely want to play it in 4K when I do. They've got Super Lucky's Tale, which uh, if, if if you're fond of... If you're fond of ukulele... Is that a game then... that you were desperate to play? Like, you know, that the begged to be played <laughs> no. at the highest visual setting? <laughs> not at all. Like, not know, at like, all. This is not, this is not an Xbox... But it's ex- the only one that's downloaded <laughs> yeah. so far because it keeps rearranging the fucking queue. <sighs> it's like, I, I'm like, I want to play this game. I hit install now. The next time I check, it's halfway through installing something else and it's put the one I wanted to install back in the queue. Uh. I let it... I set a bunch of things for download to, to, to be installed overnight. I come back in the morning. It did none of them. It paused all of them and then <laughs> rearranged the queue. And I keep having to go back and keep tabs on the fucking thing to get it to go back to doing the task I want it to do. Ridiculous. I don't know what's wrong or <laughs> what I'm doing wrong or what's happened there, but that's my one... Major issue I'm having with the thing um, is yeah. is I can't get it to download what I want and in the right order. My my big thing has just been like this is not an Xbox game example, but like let's say when the PS4 Pro was launching, like the thing I was excited ar- about around that time was Horizon Zero Dawn. I was like, that is a new game I've not played that I'm excited to play, and it looks very nice, so I would like to play it in 4K if I can, and I just can't find a comparable game for the xbox one x where it's like this is a new game i have not played it yet i am excited to it is a visually nice game i'd like to play it in 4k i agree with you laura i i bought a ps4 pro to have a nice looking music video of horizon yeah and like there is no horizon zero dawn equivalent for this hardware launch um it, it is a very powerful box that there really is no killer app for right now, and as such, I'm not quite sure why, like, what the appeal is. Yeah, like, the list of games that, because that, Microsoft offered to send one, which is why I feel duty-bound to do some sort of video about it, even though I haven't got software to capture in 4K, so they're going to have to deal with that. Um, this whole video is just going to have to be half a joke. Um, but anyway, what hap- uh, what, like what happened with Microsoft? Because last gen, the 360 had like a fucking one of like an amazing, amazing lineup of games. The 360 had like possibly like my favorite like lineup of any console at the time. And, and just did they just stop taking risks? It, or? It's the same. I think what happens is complacency. Like, yeah, one company never stays at the top. Um, Every every manufacturer of consoles goes through a cycle of three positions within the industry and reliably they go from one to the next to the next and it is Mm. like doing okay, 
iterate on what did okay and do really well and have the dominant position in the industry, get complacent, make a big mistake, and the next generation of console just doesn't pick up that steam. And then they go back to okay, fantastic, fall back to the bottom of the pile. Like, Microsoft's behavior with the Xbox One has mirrored a lot of Sony's behavior with the PS3 to a shocking degree, to a degree of... Like, did Microsoft do no research on its competition? How are they making so many of the same missteps? And it reached a point where the Xbox One X is the first time I've had an Xbox One turned on in this house. In months. And when I say months, I mean, I think ReCore was the last time I had cause to turn it on. Mm. And that was... I think Gears of War was the last one I played on it. It should be telling Maybe that, like, Gears of War 4 was the last for me then. Yeah, like it should be telling that the thing that I probably have put the most time into on the Xbox One X so far, just because it was the length of a movie, is I watched the Lego movie in 4K Blu-ray and was like, this looks fantastic. This is a very good 4K <laughs> oh. Blu-ray player. You know what the last game I played on it was? Fucking uh, Oblivion. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. You know, you know what? Does, oh God! You yeah, know what, Dark Souls was the last yeah. one. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to play it on the fucking yeah. Xbox. You know what does one, look but I did. really fantastic on the X though is um, the 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 4K patch they have for Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge oh, looks nice. really good on this. I might it, have to go back and replay Mirror's Edge. The, the, uh, the first the the first one is playable and has a 4K patch, huh. which is oh, like nice. It's looking pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I think it was telling that the games that... Like, there was a big pile of game codes that came with this Xbox One X uh, to see, you know, the stunning 4K shit. And most, and it was all old shit. It was all old shit. Or a couple of third... Like, some recent third-party things, like Assassin's Creed Origins, which, well, I'm already playing it on the PS4 Pro, so I really don't care to see how it looks in 4K... I've seen it. Um, and that was it. And Super Lucky's Tale, which is the only thing that downloaded on it so far. That's the closest I've gotten to the the most powerful console in the world with four teraflops. See, I'm playing is, Super Fucking Lucky's Tale. This, this is why that Fallout 3 article was just a great metaphor for the console. Because, I mean, yeah, it looks better, but it's still a deserted wasteland. But it does have Super Lucky's Tale. I mean, let's not forget... That it's got that going for it. Do impressions for Super Lucky's Tale coming soon? Yeah. Um, and before anyone it, gets mad, we're not saying this shit out of hate or some stupid fanboy shit. We are all rooting for the Xbox to yeah. do well. Yeah, we all, yeah, yeah, we yeah, all yeah, yeah. want it to do well. If if this had released at a different time, um, Assassin's Creed Origins looks fantastic on on the X, and I kind of wish that that was the platform I was playing it on. <laughs> but it already came out on the PS4 and that's where I was playing all my multi-platform games, so I'm not going to yeah, start yeah, over like, again on the Xbox. I feel like, like for me, I just like spent two grand on a new gaming PC, so I feel like the Xbox One X is just completely redundant. Oh no, it, like it is for you. I mean, because at the end all of the day... All of those games are going to come to PC because yeah. Microsoft are bringing all of their there's games no- to PC. There's nothing on the Xbox that I can't have looking better and running better on a pc if you have a two thousand pound pc there is no reason to buy the xbox one x 
Like, I honestly believe that. At the end of the day... Gotta have those we live in a world good where the videos, you know? We live in a world where Stardew Valley is one of the biggest games out there. Like, the, the focus on power over having a, a robust library is just going to fuck Microsoft hard. And while the crossplay thing is on paper a good idea, having your day and date releases on Xbox One and PC at the same time has to be cutting into the Xbox yeah. One sales. The, the, has the, the crossplay be. stuff is a as an undeniably pro consumer move. That don't, absolutely, yeah, but it it is cannibalizing excitement for the Xbox as a console because. I own a PS4 and a PC. Why do I ever need to turn an Xbox on? Yeah, it literally cannot have exclusives by the way it works now. Power, and yeah, you, can't, as you, you, say, can't, you can't go just on power. I mean, if you look at the biggest success story in gaming this year, uh, which is Battlegrounds, I mean, that'll run on pretty much anything, you know? It looks like hot garbage, but yeah. it plays well and people enjoy good gameplay. Um, you know, I've made this point many times. Uh, Minecraft. I mean, Microsoft owns Minecraft. They should know. They should know that people don't give a shit about what Xbox's own boss, Shannon Loftus, recently said uh, about how gamers want higher fidelity gameplay at all times. It's patently not true. You look at the biggest games in the world... And so many of them run on dated engines. So many of them do not look anywhere near as good as something that Square Enix spent six years making. It's it, There's a reason why a lot of developers now are doing the smart thing and relying a lot more on Unity and Unreal, you know, engines that are already there because pushing power over everything else is going to tank you because it's not really what we want. Mm. It, it is not what we want. The market spoke... It's not just me speaking on behalf of people. The market has told you what it wants. It wants fun little blocky games and silly little pixel things where you can marry people and have, have a farm and have a nice time and have a fun game. Yeah. Call of Duty World War II, compared to a lot of modern games, looks a bit fucking shit. But it's going to sell a lot better than a lot more beautiful-looking games. I guarantee you that's sunshine. Uh, I think it looks... You know, I, I I actually think that game looks looks pretty all right. I, I mean... It looks all right, but compared to a lot of games out there right now, it looks like Drek. It's it's no Horizon. It is no Absolutely Horizon, yeah. Uh, do we want to do a couple of quick news stories before we wrap up today? Hell yeah, we'll do some yeah. new stories and then wrap this like a mummy from okay. Egypt, Assassin's Creed Origins uh, there's, there's a couple of ones I think will be particularly interesting. Uh, we got the news the day before recording this that Telltale have fired about 90 members of their staff, which is about a quarter of the total company. Uh, apparently these layoffs are because they want to focus on creating fewer games, but games of higher quality in the future. And the way I've put this in our topic list is, did the Telltale bubble burst? Because it, it does look like their bubble has burst. I mean, that's why we're looking at it. Did it a couple it. of years ago? Well, they they were still pumping out, like, up until very recently. But were they selling? <laughs> well, 
Well, here's the thing about bubbles and bursting is, um, and I've discussed this on the Gymquisition a couple times now, using rattling parlance, which is when the business is hot, you can do no wrong. When the business is cold, you can do no right. You, The problems can happen while you're still making money. Mm. The, the, the way a bubble... The idea of a bubble bursting is... Um, it, it makes you think of something sudden. It doesn't really talk about the swelling that happens before the burst. Yeah. And that can take a while. So Telltale were probably making... They they were probably hot until they were cold. And that's how it would feel to them. Uh, without realising that they were already saturating the market yeah. so much. But we've all... And probably still making money at the yeah. time. We've, we've but all didn't been... realise fatigue... Yeah, like we, we've all been saying for a while... There are too many Telltale games. We're not getting excited about them anymore. Yeah, and yeah this like just I haven't like played one in a long time. For that, where it's like, oh, that caught up with us. Yeah, like if I recall correctly, there is a season three of The Walking Dead that's already come out and concluded, right? Yep, and season four is going to happen soon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That is how behind I am on. That's how burnt out I got on Telltale stuff. I loved the first Walking Dead. It was one of my, you know, it, it was a Jimquisition Award winner. I really, really enjoyed the sequel as well. That one, you know, really hit me. I did not have enough interest in Telltale's games beyond that. I can tell you that where I. I completely missed yeah. that season. I can tell I you I tried where... one episode of Batman and was like, no, yeah. Game of Thrones turned me off. I was just. I was done. I can tell you where I got turned off on the uh, Telltale's Walking Dead was I really enjoyed seasons one and two. I started to flag when before season three we got 400 days and. The Michonne episodes. And oh, yeah, the Michonne like, episodes. You know, yeah. There was, like, some spin-offs that were happening while other things were going on, and I'm like, there's a lot There's a lot." Well, they're this. already doing Guardians sure. of the Galaxy and Game of Thrones and Borderlands and all this other stuff. It's like, we don't need more. We don't need spin-offs on top. For me, it was just like the show. It took one episode of season two for me to go, I know where this is going. I've had enough. <laughs> I never touched the, the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which I think came out. I never touched it. I have yeah, no I think they're already partway. I think they're already partway through season two of that one. Oh God! Um, I, yeah. But again, I can't be sure because of the saturation. I think they're already in season two of the Batman one. It, it honestly, like layoffs always suck. Yeah, redundancies are terrible. I hate when it happens. From a mechanical and cold standpoint reducing their scope is probably for the best what for I don't their, understand the quality why of their games they... less games higher quality is only going to be good for Telltale why can't they keep people on and use those people to make the better games well I mean I guess probably that's you know, where the redundancy comes in probably because fewer games means less overall income in the short term which means they can't afford those stuff they can't afford the staff and they will, you know, if they've, if they've got less projects, then they don't want to pay for fifth wheels. Like, again, it sucks, but also, like, if you are shrinking your business yeah. scope, you are, you are undoubtedly going to shrink your staff along with it. Mm. The, so I think that ultimately they're in a similar position to, say, um, where the Assassin's Creed series was, like... I think that there needs to be a year or so where we don't get anything Telltale, and then like 
or maybe not a year, but we get a gap where we have some time to decompress and then it's like, hey, here's a new Telltale game that when you look at the trailer for it, it looks notably different to what we've seen from them before because they took the time to do something new with their engine or to try something experimental. And that's what will get me excited to jump back in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I really liked the the Borderlands one they did was it was it wasn't your average Telltale game. Like it was, it had the same structure, but the emphasis on comedy and the way it subverted usual Telltale tropes and actually made fun of the idea of Telltale games in certain aspects um, made it a cut above. And made it stand out from the crowd. But when you've got Game of Thrones and Walking Dead uh, doing the pulling on the emotions and, and all the death and misery and everything, it's it's too much. And 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 it comes off as cold when they're trying to make everything emotional. Like everything has to have an emotional resonance. And when you start ticking boxes, the opposite happens. I I, I lose any investment. Mm. And and that that exactly for me was the first three scenes of season two of Their Walking Dead. There was <laughs> character I like dies in the very first fucking scene. Then a dog dies, and then I have to play a little girl with an injury, crying in pain. And I was like, no, this is this is enough for me. <laughs> I I can see where this is heading, and it's not going to be a joyful experience. Yeah, I noticed. Like, I think as. I don't know whether we can say the Telltale bubble is first, but it seems like the episodic video game craze went away as quickly as it cropped up. Uh, with the exception of Life is Strange, uh, I noticed a cold drop-off of that was, when was that Hitman, seemed to be the next big thing. Was Hitman a lesson for the industry, do you think? Um, I don't know. I'd, ha- I'd be interested to see how the... Because I think it's recent now, the the definitive edition of it coming out. And I'd be yeah. interested to see how that fares compared to the episodic releases. Um, I feel like I, didn't I really follow. I played the first episode. If it was uh, just one full game. Well, that's what I'm tempted to do. I'm, I've been yeah. tempted to buy it, like, maybe even not for job purposes, because I don't really have much of a... Well, it does, I guess it doesn't really matter. I could do a Jim Impressions and be quite casual about it, um, mm. just I'm not that experienced with the series. Um, you know, I enjoyed what I played off it um, when I played a bit of the first episode, uh, which I did for a video. But I'm tempted to, pl- to buy the full thing and see if it keeps me invested whereas last time i did episode one and then was like i couldn't be asked to follow through which has happened with so many episodic games and maybe that's what people have noticed is people end up just dropping off and they're realizing and i guess loot boxes became the big craze anyway so it's like well now we need one central social game of service so that we can keep making the revenue off of loot boxes rather than make money off of a staggered episodic release, I guess that got replaced pretty quickly and rendered obsolete. Maybe that's what Telltale needs to do. Hide dialogue choices behind boxes that you buy. Ooh. Uh, is that a good place for I us? I shouldn't give them ideas. <laughs> is, is that a good place for us to wrap up, I think? I think we've probably think so. reached yeah. the end of our, our topics for the week. Hooray! Yeah, yeah. We, we, wanted to, we expounded a lot more on the games we wanted to talk about rather than news, but... Just rest assured, when it comes to video game news, it's a shit heap out there. Uh, and that, that's just a running there's headline. There's nothing in the way of interesting news at the moment, honestly. Like, 
But here's some Waste sales. Here's some sales stats. Uh, Near Automata is getting a sequel. Mario yeah, and Rabbids and if, sold like twenty percent of Ubisoft's total game sales the last quarter, so it sold quite or, well. Assassin's that's, that's Creed it. Origins. That's the whole thing. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins sold, I think, almost double uh, what Syndicate sold. Uh, it, it's it sold in its opening weekend, I believe, twice what the previous game sold. So hooray! A year off helped get rid of fatigue. That that's about it. Double the time. Oh, double and Mass the Effect sales. is ten years old. Oh yeah, it's ten years old, Yesterday. and we're recording yeah. this on N Seven Day, and there's no news about Mass Effect because that series is yeah. dead. Thank, thank. Oh, and Meverse good... is dead now. Oh yeah, Meverse is dead. According too. to Michael Gamble, it's not dead. He he's um, he tweets a lot about how the series is still alive and and will be back. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, I hope. I certainly hope he's correct because that's a series that series I've got a lot of love for still and the... would like to see it. The original trilogy is one of my favourite series of games ever. I love the original mm. trilogy. I would like to see more good Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, should we should we wrap up there and do our goodbyes and whatnot? I'd yeah. like to see a good Mass Effect. Um, yeah, Laura, um, please... <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, Laura, how can people find out more about your work on the internet? My work on the internet, you can find me and the things I do at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, those kind of things. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. I wrote a feature that I'm very proud of today called Wolfenstein Makes Fighting Nazis Uncomplicated Again, uh, where I talk about (laughs) about how fun it is to murder literal Nazis in Wolfenstein and the interesting parallels it draws to modern day America in terms of complicity towards Nazi attitudes. Uh, nice. So go give that a read. Uh, I wrote some personal pieces up on laurakbuzz.com about trans stuff and autism stuff. So go read those if you fancy. That's probably it. Okay. And Gavin, Songsmith, Bard of a New Generation. How can we get your stuffs? Miracle of Sound on YouTube and I'm also, like Laura, working on some good old hard rockin' Nazi punching fun at the moment. So my Wolfenstein song should be out this week, provided I can get it mixed. And uh it also definitely does not draw any parallels to modern politics. Don't shout at me on Twitter. Kinda does though. <laughs> Look forward to hearing that. And as always, thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for all your support. Um, the Jim Inquisition uh, has been breaking records again in terms of patron support, and I've been blown away by that. And thank you very much. Um, and just in general, the the traction the Jim Inquisition as a show has been getting has been amazing. Uh, so thank you very much. And we will see you next week, where we will talk about some more bollocks, probably. Uh, yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.